Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to this segment on CIO Talk Network. Uh, to learn about Media Outlet, please visit www.ciotalknetwork.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter and look for this show as hashtag CIOCMO. Our topic for today's show is, does the CMO really need a CIO? And our guest for today's show is Judith Tolan, who's the Chief Marketing Officer of Wells Fargo Commercial Distribution Finance. Hi, Judy. How are you? Hi. How are you? Thanks for having me good, on. Good. Yeah, great. Great to have you. Now, the reason we wanted to uh, discuss this particular topic, and it has a little sensational when you look at the topic, is we, we did a, a topic similar, maybe it was more of a face-off type of topic, CIO-CMO face-off, two or three years ago where we were talking about how the relationship should be. And, of course, in, a lot has changed in three years, and the speed has increased, and there are many other ways marketers can actually go and bring about value, and so can the CIOs. And there is some sort of a connection between the two, but what should that connection be? Should it be the same traditional CIO and CMO relationship? Should the CMO take permission before they take on any IT, etc.? So we wanted to essentially see what would that healthy balance look like where there is an independence as well as interdependence. So that said, the first question is, uh, Judy, as typically at the top level, of course, as CIO and CMO, you are the respective leaders of your organizations, you set the tone. What would you like that to be? Contentious, harmonious, or somewhere in between? Uh, somewhere in between? Right. Yeah, that's a very provocative question, and um, you know, I look forward to our dialogue here. I mean, I think, first of all, you know, really the, the first from a CIO and CMO relationship in our organizations, we really never want our relationships to be contentious. Um, however, also um, to deem it from an adjective standpoint as harmonious also is not necessarily the idea. We want to make sure that they're the ideal uh, have you. What we want to make sure that there is is truly a healthy amount of push and pull, of healthy amount of discourse, very vigorous dialogue because we as marketers are those there. You know, we're here to push the envelope, to identify market disruption, and also, of course, we understand our technology team's purpose and goals are there to make sure that not only that we have a safe and secure technology platform, but that it's reliable um, and that meets our customer needs. But for us, I, you know, I would deem the ideal uh, state between a CIO, CMO, and, not, and more importantly, our teams is truly of a shared partnership. So for us, our team really is a shared vision with, you know, for a laser focus on our customer's experience with us. So, for instance, you know, we want our customer experience to be positive and seamless and informative so that when they interact with us, whether it be with our floor checker that comes to the door, our online system, our online application, you know, we want to make sure that experience is positive. But also, myself and our CIO and our respective teams must work together, really, to deliver that business performance and the outcomes that not only our president and CEO demand, but also that our customers demand of us. So really, you know, the real state of relationship should be a partnership. So 
you know, do we, however, have within that partnership differing opinions, thoughts? Of course. Are there times of shared tension, push and pull? Do we differ on the priorities of projects, what projects to go forward, at what timing? Most definitely. But really, that's okay. And one of the things that truly that my uh, president and CEO says that you're here to push the envelope as a marketer, to make sure that we're being innovative and that you are, quote-unquote, the voice of the customer. And that's where, as a CIO and a CMO, we can have that healthy dialogue. Because in today's world, marketers and the, you know, the CMO at the top, our marketing teams have to be more analytical and comfortable leveraging data more than ever before. And so, you know, we've got to be you know, very skilled at um, explaining our value proposition. You know, for us, you know, we, we provide $46 billion of financing annually, annually for 40,000 dealers and 2,000 distributors and manufacturers. But, you know, that is, you know, one of the things that we need to make sure that we can clearly articulate. But, you know, when we talk about this, you know, as far as CMOs and the marketing teams that we lead, I mean, think about all the things that we have to articulate from our value proposition, but also not only that, how we identify market disruption um, and how we, and market disruption items could be things like e-tailing, cloud computing. You can quickly see where uh, myself and our CIO have to work in partnership to deliver for the business. So really, in summary, I mean, the CIO-CMO relationship should be a true partnership with push-pull, but really focus on the business objectives. So, very well articulated response. Now, question is that whenever we have a strain, strain in a healthy way or even it could be counterproductive, is when we feel that a CIO or their team would feel, hey, technology is my baby. It's something I know better than anyone else. And whatever they are saying, they don't know enough. CMOs or their respective team will say, okay, I need to get the job done. And I need to use this tool. And these people are being dampers and they are reducing my speed to market, which would actually help me do my job. The, the, the two camps are getting created because neither of them in, this, in these scenarios are thinking, what are, their, what, are, what are they supposed to do in connection with the end business goal? So convergence of the mission or the vision doesn't seem to exist which is why at the bottom level, when you're trying to do your respective jobs, you just think as two different camps versus saying, okay, this camp has a door in between where we can pass through. How do we create that door? You know, I mean, honestly, I'd have to say from our experience is that that discourse or that separation that you articulated, like CMOs are, and the marketing teams are thinking we're not moving at the market speed while the, the technology team is saying, hey, I understand technology better, let me do what I need to do, um, is not something that necessarily has been truly our reality. Have we had areas where there's been that discourse, of course, or that disagreement? But I think if for all those that are in organizations that are having that difficulty, truly focusing on what the business outcome needs to be and on the customer will allow you to generate that door. So, for instance, if we think about some examples, for, you know, if there are key items from a technology standpoint, you know, from a uh, marketing standpoint, we're here to articulate not only what our customers want, their needs, their patterns, but also we're charged with retaining 
and growing existing customers and delivering the bottom line. If we can focus, whether it be a project or a item or an upgrade of a technology tool on those items or those key objectives, it will help partner between CIOs and CMOs and their respective teams because they'll be able to see not only what the value um, of what they're proposing, because, you know, as a CMO, we don't necessarily, and as marketers, we're not as interested in the how. We're as interested in the what. So, uh, for instance, we need to make sure that we engage our customers, whether it be digital campaigns um, or um, at, at our um, upcoming trade shows or online with customer insightful analytics. That's what we need. How we do it and what that technology is, long as it meets the customer needs, that's where we can meet in the middle. We have to hold our technology team accountable so that the technology delivers for the customer, but then also um, they need to hold us accountable to the fact that they understand the technology and that we'll have the confidence in them to deliver. You know, based on all the different conversations we've had over the years, uh, one sentiment or a common uh, message that we all along get is the CMO's group says, go, go, go at a warp speed. And the IT team says, okay, pause, think, and move forward. And or in some cases, they make the pause way too long for CMO and their team to be able to hold their horses because the business is suffering. So that disconnect in the way where we try to get things done no, you know, it's it's almost like you know. Okay, go. Let's let's kind of uh, fire and then aim. That's how the sentiment prevails within IT about a marketing and mm-hmm. and marketing says, okay, these guys they want uh, to be this to be vetted and frankly the 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 train we will miss the train if we kind of go at that snail snail of a pace. So this disconnect yeah. is pri- primarily looking like of the speed. So why is that the case? What is your benchmark of speed in marketing, and why is it not in sync with what the IT wants the speed to be with reliability attached to it? You know, I think a lot of times is that sometimes uh, from a market standpoint, you know, and I know, you know we're going to talk about you know whether or not CIOs have a seat at the table and what the value that they demonstrate in those technologies, but a lot of times. Uh, market speed is, is at a speed that's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for many of, um, of those of us on both sides of the table. You know, customer disruptions, everything from mobile, the way that our consumers consume to the way that they want to be interacted with has changed remarkably over the last three to five years. And um, that is a healthy and built-in tension, similar tension that we have between our sales and risk teams when we look at how we try to grow. And I think for us, one of the key things that we're trying to do is make sure that we leverage um, the goals and objectives that we have within our organization to deliver um, the key things from a CIO and a CMO from a marketing and technology standpoint. So, you know, for instance, you know, when you talk about CIOs and IT and being able to deliver and be successful in demonstrating the value of their platforms, I think CIOs are very good at saying and highlighting um, and very uh, focused on metrics. You know, they'll mention uh, uh, the volume of data that's being trans- uh, transposed or highlighted across of their technology platforms. They may highlight downtime or the very low security-related issues, and they articulate that to the business in a very clear and concise manner. 
you know, because they want to make sure that their businesses understand that the systems they support are stable, reliable, and secure. But as a CMO, and this is where we get to the speed differential, differential between the two and why there's that natural inborn tension, you know, it's my job to articulate the value of our technology from a customer standpoint. You know, what is their experience? How long does it take for them, for instance, to complete an online application? How long does it take to make a payment? Is there interaction intuitive online? We have to make sure that we're the mindset of the customer so, and what their needs are. And many times, customers' needs move faster than what our businesses would like for us to do. However, what we can do is uh, be effective at priori- prioritizing key projects that will help us deliver the business outcome. You know, in our business, our present CEO cascades his goals and objectives down every year, and there will be a business outcome objective. What do we want to do and a customer-focused objective? And really, we, as CMOs and CIOs, we really focus on those two with, of course, a very laser focus on risk and compliance and security. But for us, you know, if we can meet in the middle and articulate the value that both of our uh, technologies have from our different vantage points, we'll not only increase in speed, but will deliver business outcomes. So, for instance, one of the things that we've done recently, and this is a, an example of how we were able to meet in the middle when it comes to uh, delivering technologies, uh, developments, analytical tools in the market at a speed that's appropriate, is that, um, and this is really a combined success and partnership between marketing, our T, and our sales team, that we re- recently launched Dealer Insights. And um, Dealer Insights, you know, you can um, go online and, and read about it. But it's really it's an online portal for our motorsports and RV dealers where they can locate relevant inf- information on their inventory, customer demographics, and all of this information can help them make better business decisions. And that's something that this team was able to deliver in not only a market speed process and time frame, but also that met customer needs. So now our, you know, our dealers can quickly log on in the RV and motorsports space and get answers to questions. You know, they, they can get answers to questions like, uh, you know, how far are customers traveling to their dealership? You know, what are the demographics of those customers that are near to their dealership? You know, what changes or projections in uh, consumer demographics are happening around them? Um, how does a dealer's age inventory really compare? You know, how does their age inventory compare to other dealers? So all that information we launched in partnership with marketing, IT, and sales at a market speed um, uh, time frame based off of the fact that we needed to ex- continue to expand our value proposition and also was critical for us from a business outcome standpoint. Let's take a quick break, listeners. Yeah, definitely you did. And that's why we wanted to continue this. It's, it's, it's a great story that you shared where they, the two teams actually worked. But uh, listeners, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we look at the situations where we do not have such a beautiful, you know, cordial relationship where you have the time to do your respective jobs and make it a success. So this is This is actually a proof that if the two teams are really working together, they can have stellar success. But there are many, many instances where there is a go, go, go on marketing side and and pause, pause, pause from the CIO's camp, which are causing issues, which are majority versus this, you know, beautiful example, which may happen 
and should happen, but they are not the majority. So how do you take the majority of the instances and convert them into revenue and growth and goodwill creation opportunities for the business? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Judy, your story definitely tells that things are have fallen in place and you, you have majority of the times the... The, the two teams are working together and many other cases that we hear across the board is that that's not happening majority of the times and they have these fewer instances. So, so given that you've reached this level of maturity in relationship and have the camaraderie at the leadership level and the team level, what magic did you pull? <laughs> well, you know, I'd, I'd have to say we're definitely not ma- uh, magicians, but, you know, I think it's a very um, appropriate question and, and I don't want our listeners to think that, you know, we've got this all figured out, but I think that we have some successes that we're very proud of that have been good for our business. But I'd like to take a journey potentially back to 2009-2010. And this was really a pivotal uh, time frame for our business. If you think about what was happening during that time frame, you know, we're in the financial services industry this was right after um, the significant financial collapse of our um, internal financial system here in the U.S. and also its global implications. And um, we were continuing to dis- serve our you know, customers, our dealers, our manufacturers and distributors, but we were looking for ways to expand our value proposition. And we thought we had something when it came to our data and the data and the analytics that we naturally collected, combined, analyzed in our day-to-day way of, um, of, of doing business in the inventory financing um, channel. And for us, what we found, and this is truly how we were able to build this partnership, in my mind, between not only marketing but sales and also IT, is that we realized that the way that we were going to grow and continue to expand our value proposition was to harness this data that we have. And so we put together a very comprehensive business intelligence uh, strategy, and um, this strategy included a journey from diagnostic to descriptive to predictive analytics and all of the key things that you hear around big data, but it was a partnership and support um, and led by our president and CEO at the time. And so that, first of all, was a rallying cry. It allowed us to say, okay, this is something that we are investing in. We are going to help 
our dealers and our manufacturers be smarter and get better insights and hopefully utilize the information that we provide them to make even better business decisions. That will be good for them and will allow us also to leverage this, harness this data to really be more than just a financing provider. So if you think back to those few years ago, um, we put that strategy in place. And so now, for the last years, everything has been bounced off of that strategy. Um, is this, quote-unquote, uh, IT or technology project or priority or upgrade? Is it going to help us in one of three ways? Is it going to help expand our value proposition and continue to be enriched, entrenched with our customers? Is it going to help us deliver a better customer experience, which is important as we, that's a critical part of our value proposition. And then three, is this going to help us be more efficient? And so by having that common goal from your president and CEO, I think it helps from a CIO and a CMO, from a technology and IT standpoint and a marketing standpoint to be aligned. Now, throughout that process, there were definitely vigorous conversations regarding how to deliver certain um, tools, whether it be upgrading the foundation of our online system, which we call comms, and how that's delivered, and how our customers interacting with it, to things like dealer insights and some of our online tools and analytical reports that we provide. Definite um, disagreements, but also healthy dialogue around those. But if you have that overreaching strategy and instruction from your president CEO, ultimately this is something we have to do. And not only that, we're going to measure it. We're going to measure to see how many people are utilizing the tools, how they interact. We're going to get customer data and customer surveys um, to get customer feedback. We're going to form customer advisory boards to hold both marketing, sales, technology, our IT team accountable to what they're delivering to market. But if it ties to that strategy, I think it helps. Now, where uh, organizations get in trouble is where you have IT and marketing kind of operating, in my opinion, in isolation. And there's not this filter that you bounce it off of a business outcome or, quote, unquote, a common business goal. And then you will, exactly as you articulate it, you'll always have marketing say, we're not going fast enough, we need to be faster. Um, and then IT will say, well, we have to have all these security items and, you know, um, uh, we're going to pick the technology platform. This is more reliable. And there'll be that consternation. But where we find, and we still have vigorous dialogue, where we find the common um, point and common interaction, uh, the uh, shared vision is really around making sure that we're focused on the business outcome, but also focused on the customer. Now, I'll, I'll take, uh, I'll draw a parallel to a family. Yeah. You could have marketing and IT be spouses who have <laughs> to be with each other all the time and have to complement and have a symbiotic relationship, or they could be like siblings. Who, may, who know that they are there for each other, but they're not really seeing each other every day. And I'm referring to total independence or dependence or interdependence as needed. So you are there with each other, but you really do not need to wet what I'm going to do for lunch or dinner. So what do you think is the best relationship format, if you will, for these two camps? so that they are able to maximize what they 
would like to do without not seeing each other as interfering or hindering each other's progress. Right. Yeah, you know, your family um, analogy there was very provocative. You know, you could almost turn it on its head and think that spouses really are two people that choose to be together, (laughs) and siblings are are together by birth. And, you know, for us, I think it's somewhere in between. Um, From a marketing and IT standpoint, um, there are natural interdependencies. Do I believe that this, and you've seen in the market, there's this gravitational pull of... um, CMOs becoming CDOs, chief digital officers, uh, or melding that role, CIOs becoming um, chief information, um, but also idea officers, and melding these two roles. Honestly, I think you can add aspects of each other's roles onto those responsibilities. So I, as a CMO, have to be a lot more data-oriented, a lot more analytical. I have to be able to truly understand from a technology standpoint what's happening in our markets. And as our CIO, he has to be laser-focused on the customer, what their experience is, et cetera. But I don't think there, the dependency between these two roles or the melding of these two roles really um, should make it one. I do think, however, there should be the shared vision and also the uh, very natural interaction. So how do you get that? Now, now, one of the things that we've been doing for years now is that we have not only um, marketing team members that interact at all levels uh, across the IT organization, but I also have an IT uh, leader that's embedded on the marketing staff. So this is someone that um, if, we have, if I have a staff meeting, I have a staff offsite, I deliver goals and objectives, this individual is always there. He is our conduit into IT. And likewise, when it comes on the other side, if there are key cross-functional meetings, um, conversations, um, progressions, marketing and IT are always there. Regular rhythms, shared objectives is important. You know, this has to be modeled at the senior level, but really, you know, to your earlier point, how it's ingrained and delivered at the lower level is the most important. So I think by having people on my staff, it's really important um, and it helps deliver, and a lot of the conversations happen naturally. I honestly think uh, some of the discourse that may happen between marketing and IT may just be a misunderstanding of what truly the requirements are. So if you have individuals that are involved in the regular rhythms, um, and you can blur the fun- functional lines between technology and marketing by embedding team members, I think it just helps deliver um, uh, the customer outcomes that we need faster, quicker, easier, and hopefully with less friction. So interdependent, most definitely. Um, uh, one in the same roles, no. Um, totally separate roles, no. Shared vision, that's probably the ideal for us when it comes to CIO and CMO and our teams that we lead. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And uh, Judy, your thought about embedding a person who is basically understanding technology and understands technology and also the requirement, let's expand on that because you could have two different type of uh, approaches to this. One is the marketing, this person actually has allegiance to marketing who happens to know IT. And the other is to have that person being in a, you know, a liaison to marketing, but representing IT. There could be a whole lot of 
um, difference in the way this person or those people who are in that camp or in that group would perceive what marketing wants, understand what marketing needs, and accordingly how they convey and translate it back to what the mothership can do, which is the IT. So, so what would be the best way to describe that embedding of technology individuals within the marketing department so that you have this loosely coupled relationship with IT without totally severing the ties? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoe Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Judy, there could be different flavors in which you can embed technology individuals within IT. You could have a marketing person who happens to be more of a geek or has higher level of technology knowledge. Then you could have someone who's actually an IT person but has all along in their career worked in technology but and in technology working and helping marketing. So that person actually is hired and reports to the marketing leadership but is primarily a technology person. The third flavor is that a person who is invited or a group which is invited from technology to just play a liaison and is connected peripherally to the marketing department. So you could have these three flavors and each of them will have a certain amount of impact and uh, in, in the way marketing and technology work together. So what do you think, given where we are, the kind of day and age that we are living in, which flavor would work best? You know, that's a great question. You know, and I honestly, I think all of the flavors that you articulated could be effective in their own ways. Um, I think it's probably easiest for me to articulate what's worked for us. Um, you know, first of all, just a little bit of background about our team. We have, from a marketing standpoint, we have people that are technology adept. You know, we have an architecture person on our team from a commercial excellence standpoint. Um, I myself am an engineer by trade, uh, but our role is really uh, customer-facing marketing and delivering for whether it be our customers and our sales team. So for us, what we've done, and we have this concept of dotted line reporting structure. Really, it just means that not only, you know, it's more of a matrix reporting structure. And what we've done is we've had in the past a what we call a commercial technology leader that has been part of the marketing staff, um, whether it be dotted line or just simply part of that staff, and they are, um, for lack of a better word, our translator. Um, now, this is a special individual, typically. This is someone that is, first of all, very technically adept, um, strong from a, um information technology standpoint and expertise, um, natural leader, but also very comfortable in interacting 
with not only marketing, but more, and even more importantly, with customers. Because as our job is to understand customer needs, wants, um, what type of content they'd like to see, how do we retain them, um, how do we grow their businesses, and all the things that we articulated. If we're not able to get out in front of customers and do that and hear it straight from them, it really falls on deaf ears. And a lot of times we may have launches that might be hits or misses um, or um, may not deliver quite the uh, success that we'd like. But by having, you know, the way that we've approached it, we have someone, you know, I highlighted this dealer insights concept, and this is the tool that we launched. And, you know, we're just really excited about the, for us, from a value proposition standpoint, we're just more than financing. We deliver um, insights to our customers. And we had this IT person out in front of customers on a regular basis, understanding how they were using the tool, um, what they'd like to see differently, um, and um, ultimately uh, other things that they may want to add on to upgrade. You know, what other next generation items? And then that individual takes it back to our CIO, our broader IT team, and they translate what they hear. And they can translate easier because they've heard it directly from the customer. Instead of having myself or someone from the sales team um, tell it in their words what they heard from the customer, and then they have to retranslate it back, it helps with speed. And you asked some questions earlier about how do we address market speed and how do we make sure that that natural tension between marketing and information technology is resolved? But also, it helps us with, in my opinion, clarity, um, requirements clarity, customer clarity. And then we're just able to get to the heart of the matter quicker. So we have an IT person, reports up through their, um, our CIO, but is embedded as part of our marketing staff and very much involved with marketing functions, but also, more importantly, involved with our customers. Now, given where we stand today, especially in the wake of all these different, um, you know, the tools and technologies and cloud-based options available off the shelf, marketing technology has really come a long way. And if you were to look at them and say, I'm going to just pick up something which is available off the shelf or on a cloud, only at the time of due diligence, I would invite people from technology. And once that is created, because there is not much of an integration, and in select cases there may be some, but besides that, for the most part, you can say that, okay, IT helped me enable myself, but I don't need them as much. So why not think beyond the legacy marketing technology or home, you know, uh, where we used to make, build those systems, just transform your portfolio of what you use for your marketing technology and then convert yourself from dependence to interdependence as needed. Yes, I mean, in today's world, you, you know, you were um, you did a great job articulating things have changed a lot for marketers. It's a lot easier for us to go out and source a cloud-based, off-the-shelf marketing tool, institute it, maybe have some limited integration, if any, and we're off and running. We can leverage external sources, maybe not in, in-house IT. And um, is that an exciting time for marketing? Of course. Um, however, you know, we still think it's imperative to partner with our IT team. And the reason why, and this is where marketing sometimes will get into trouble, is that we'll do all these off-the-shelf, one-off technology tool launches, 
but they're not integrated into the overall business foundation and structure of the um, organization. So really, what does, that, what does that really mean? I mean, for, for us, I think, you know, a great example is how we run commercial excellence. And so uh, you may have heard this referred to as Salesforce effectiveness. We've leveraged a cloud-based solution, Salesforce.com, leveraged by the hundreds of thousands of users, um, millions of users around the globe. But it really is not just our CRM tool. It's our true foundation of our business operating platform, our operating technology platform. And for us, of course, you know, it was decision was made back in 2009 timeframe that um, at the time our predecessor company wanted to leverage and build a CRM platform leveraging Salesforce.com. We made that decision, but what has helped us. To your point is we've integrated it in the overall operating platform and procedures and process of our business. So, you know, we've leveraged not only um, the reporting tools, but digital marketing campaigns, um, overall business performance metrics and reporting, monitoring Salesforce productivity, enabling the credit decisions that we need to run our business. How do we onboard dealers? How do we manage our pipeline? All of this is leveraged by our commercial excellence platform, which is a cloud-based solution, and then integrates into all of our existing technology tools. So, if to your point, if I would have just went off and said, you know what, this is what, you know, years ago as, as a leadership and said, this is just something we want to do off to the side, the power that we have in this platform, and really now it's a methodology, would not be there because we're, we wouldn't be linked to our um, portfolio and risk systems of record. It would not be linked to our finance, uh, foundational technology tools. Um, we wouldn't have integration into some of our co- customer survey tools, and we would be um, on an island. And as marketing, uh, which is the same for IT, if we don't um, make sure that we're focused on the business objective and holding each other accountable for delivering revenue for the business, then that will not occur. So whenever we look at things, of course, there are things like digital campaign, um, uh, third-party tools that might allow us to execute campaigns directly from Salesforce, but there's still an IT integration point that we feel is important for us to be integrated to the overall business. Now, what you just explained was a very uh, good case of someone uh, initially making some uh, good decisions and it is working out, and you're able to justify the total cost of ownership and the ROI of that investment. And that happened because you looked at it in an overarching fashion. But now, if we have to keep milking that investment, would you say at some point there will be a lot of diminishing returns because there may be many other better ways for us to be able to achieve the same now that we know what works, what's the end goal that we're looking for, we, we recalibrate or we, what we can say is build a brand new car now, mm-hmm. which will still be the same transport, but then it will reduce our dependence on every time when a change has to be made, we have to go to technology. So what I'm basically trying to get at is awesome that you created something which is serving you well. However, Now, the same end result can be created by decoupling that integrated system, introducing some cloud-based or off-the-shelf or things which does not require IT, 
And because now you are able to do it, now you can run much faster with minimal intervention and or dependence on IT with no 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 black mark on IT on this, which we are saying is the end goal is you get the speed, IT gets to have its input, but overall you both run faster. But if you kind of stick to the legacy, which gave you the results once in the past, it doesn't need to remain that way. Would That's you agree? Right. Oh, no, I, could, I couldn't agree more. And for us, it's more of um, continuing to evolve. So, you know, in my example, we talked about how we integrated into some of the legacy systems. At some point, you're going to have to expand and upgrade and change and evolve those systems. Um, and the way that we do business now, I mean, we've been in the inventory finance business for over 60 years in six different industries. You know, we've got a lot of deep domain experience. However, um, our businesses and our industries continue to change. Um, how much inventory our dealer stock is changing, how they leverage um, and market their wares is changing. Are they doing it via online large-scale retailers? Are they stocking less within their dealerships? Are people comfortable buying online? Um, is everything moving to the cloud? Those are the market disruptions that are happening, and with that, we have to respond. So, of course, uh, there will be things, and I think the movement is here, and I think it will continue but that will be, especially if we continue to staff and approach marketing and, and highlight that marketers of the future have to be uh, comfortable with analytics, technically sound, technically forward, innovators and disruptors, that yes, there will be things from a cloud standpoint, from a third-party sourcing standpoint, whether it be for digital campaigns or how we manage our customer trade shows or how we create or engage via digital um, you know, via learning sessions, whether it be YouTube or et cetera, things of that nature, those will change and how we articulate and deliver them will definitely change. Um, and that's something that we're comfortable with. However, I think there still needs to be make, you know, uh, a assurance that what we're doing ties back to the business. So, you know, if we look five years out, you know, maybe give it a little bit more, seven years out, you know, for us, it's leveraging cloud-based solutions, cloud-based CRMs to do more than what they're doing now. Um, to not only be integrated to legacy systems, maybe replace them, I don't know. Um, uh, potentially be the um, overreaching operating platform. Think about how um, uh, progressive that would be. Because then um, we're not talking about data warehousing. We're not talking about architectural major requirement changes. But that just happens in time. But I think that's where the partnership of the CMO and the CIO is critical because you want to make sure that the left hand knows what the right hand is doing um, uh, at all times. And, um, but that progression will definitely happen. In, in your cases, when you are uh, trying to get the two teams working together, what has IT asked of you so that, you know, like, help me help you? What are they saying? So that you you become a, someone who is supporting them uh, in a, in a way or giving them the required input so that they can come around and help you without looking like they are uh, controlling how at what speed CMOs or or your your team will move forward. You know that's a, a great question. I mean, you know, many of the things you know, our team really is our marketing team has a lot of different functions um, from customer experience to product marketing to commercial excellence. Um, to even cross-sell. So we, we cover a lot of ground, but a lot of our vertical marketing leaders 
in partnership um, with IT will, and IT will come around and say, you know, what are our customers saying? Um, what are our customers asking for? Um, our customer experience leader um, here will um, survey and engage hundreds and thousands of customers per year, and they'll ask for that data. Um, can you give us the overreaching theme? What's the, you know, for instance, we have an online system uh, called Coms that are, you know, we've got hundreds of, you know, we've got thousands of users, and what are the critical things are they saying based off of their interaction with that tool? And what would they like to see? And so um, as marketers, that's our job. We're, we're supposed to understand truly our customer needs, wants, likes, and not only that, but where they want to go. And so a lot of times our IT team will come and ask. But I think the, the critical thing is that a lot of times they don't have to ask because they're embedded with our team. They're supporting us cross-functional teams. You know, our whole approach to customer experience is cross-functional across all of our um, platforms and functions here. It's risk. Um, it's, it's our credit team. It's our field sales team. It's our field auditor team. And, and in addition to marketing and IT, working together based off of the customer interaction that we have. But I think the most common questions that come up is not only define what you're hearing from the customer, but then putting that on its head and leveraging what our, our second job as marketers is to see around the next corner and to highlight where do you think this is going. And, you know, we have such a great team on both sides. You know, this is a very talented team across our entire business, but they're very good at, on both sides, from IT and marketing and sales and all those functions in between, to highlight um, these are the things that we think disruption-wise will occur. Um, uh, this is where we think the market's going, so we can do a little bit of ideation and be proactive in our approach. Now, we know traditionally or even today, uh, CMOs are essentially, or, or your team is, is tasked with things which are related to sales, branding, loyalty, or something which is related to growth. And the CIOs group, they are about making sure things are predictable. Yes, lately, CIOs are also being told to go and figure out ways they can help grow the organization. But there is still majority is to enable other growth-related functions. So if they are measured on totally something different, how are you expecting them to be motivated to help you with yours? Yeah, I mean, I think your last sentence there is, is critical. Um, in, in our world, and in my view, um, the, the overreaching measurements have to be the same. Customers and our business objectives. Now, there are many specific details underneath those, but... Um, if we all roll up to the same objectives, then it allows clarity between the two. Um, and for instance, you know, there's probably some, some, some great examples here. Um, but when you think of the way that we're structured and, you know, what we provide here is just a stable dealer channel, channel with adequate financing between OEMs and dealers, RV to motorsports, appliances, technology, everything in between. And then for us, when it comes to customer experience, there's many things that their journey with us where they touch us, from online to our sales team, et cetera. Our business objectives are not only to retain the customers that we have, but to continue to grow and serve the industries that we're in and that we want to expand to. So when we think of the dividing line between CMOs and CIOs, those are both of our objectives. Now, how we get there may differ. 
now, of course, I'm very much laser-focused on branding and retention of customers and um, how we go to market and trade shows and how we make sure that our sales team is, is pro- um, productive and efficient and that they're properly trained and that we're selling all of everything that our new home has to offer from a cross-sell standpoint. Those are my specific goals, but there's many parallels for our CIO. You know, of course, he needs to be focused on delivering a stable platform that delivers everything from a day-to-day business uh, standpoint, from a technology standpoint, our customer-facing, but also our internal tools. They need to be secure. They've got to be compliant. Um, But we also have compliance goals. So I think that there is more common than not. Um, And, you know, when you think about just from a security standpoint, I have items that when I'm interacting from a marketing standpoint, how we go to market from a marketing campaign, how we engage customers, we still have to uh, adhere to CAN-SPAN guidelines. We have to be uh, compliant to all the regulators that we have out there in the same but slightly different manner than our IT team continues to make sure they have data governance and security um, items covered and make sure that we're compliant there. So me, I really I don't look at it as a way that we divvy up the responsibilities. It's really rolling up to common objectives, but then um, making sure that we... Um, adhere to our end of the deal. My marketing objectives that roll up to our customer and business overall objectives in partnership with the CIO and his IT team. What's the basic support or uh, guidance or, or friendship or camaraderie that you expect from IT for you to give them a thumbs up when it comes to working with marketing? <laughs> you know, I mean, first of all, there just needs to be a common respect um, and trust. I think we've all, um, you know, read enough books and understand how high-performing teams are. needs to be respect and trust, um, a safe space where everyone feels comfortable speaking up, um, and then also just a clear and concise clarification of roles, understanding what marketing does, understanding what, CI, uh, what the IT team does, and making sure that we all then are marching to the same orders. I think um, for for me, you know, in modeling this as a leader in partnership with our CIO um, over the over the years, but also as our teams, it's just really this. You know, we've covered on it before. It's just this cross-functional engagement, and um, a lot of that happens in the trenches. You're working on a project. You see each other's capability. You build that trust. You build that respect. You've already got your cascaded business objectives, and then really the functionalized blur. Just become partners in delivering for our customers and for our business. And that's where we um, always strive to get to. Are there tension points? Of course. Are there struggles? Yes. Are there projects that fail or lose direction because we just don't have the resources? Yes. Um, But if we continue that cross-functional engagement with basis on trust, respect, and um, understanding our goals and objectives with clarified roles, then go forward, you know, our relationship between the two functions will always be strong. What about the executive blessing, sponsorship, and understanding? How much of that do you need or do you think that's important for CIO and CMO crews to actually be able to work together well? The third party or, or an external influence or support? So, um, you know, for us, the way that we work, and I think it works well, is... You know, we've got the senior leadership team, and I as CMO, our CIO, our president CEO presides over the senior leadership team, and we're all working together with common objectives. Um, and um, you have that 
typical operating rhythm and pattern where you can have those discussions, you can have those interactions, um, you can build that trust. Um, and that's uh, important because our present CEO presides over that um, uh, commonality and that interaction. I think that works. Um, I think where in organizations where there's concern and you have more of this tension is where there may be a slightly a detachment or your business objectives or goals aren't quite as clear, and so both your CMO and CIO aren't exactly sure what they should be working on. Um, I think also regular rhythms is important. Many touch bases. You don't necessarily have to have something on the calendar, but making sure you check in. Um, how are things going with your team? Judy, how are things going with your team, Mr. CIO or Mrs. CIO? Just to make sure that there's a regular checkpoint in addition to the embedded teams definitely helps. What's your message for other CIOs or CMOs who will listen to this or are listening to this to, to kind of create? What's the mindset they should carry? What are some of the words come in your mind when you, when you think about the type of mindset, a leadership mindset? they should have in order to be able to create the right balance, not total dependence, not total independence, but interdependence. That's right. Somewhere in between. And I think, first of all, just truly uh, focus on, um, and I've mentioned this several times, but the customer and the business goals that you have at your organization. And um, making sure that's always first and foremost. Remove personalities, remove um, uh, ulterior objectives, um, um, things that may not be full business priorities or motives, remove those. I think also um, from, you know, for CMOs and CIOs out there, really focus on uh, cross-functional regular engagement. Uh, think about embedding members, removing the walls between the two functions. Make it um, so that individuals truly are one team focused on one objective. If you blur those functional lines, uh, it's, it's certain that your teams will work together um, in a more cohesive but also faster standpoint. And then also if prioritization is your issue, a lot of the, you know, we talked about it before, but a lot of the issues between CMOs and CIOs is market speed and how fast we're going and why aren't we going fast enough and our customers need this. And look, we struggle with that too, but if prioritization is truly your issue, for us, you know, I always like to look at it in three buckets, projects that support day-to-day, projects that outpace the competition or grow share or expand the value proposition, and then technology projects that drive internal external efficiencies. If you put them in those buckets and then you work together to make sure that you're articulating at least grabbing priorities out of each of those buckets, you'll be able to deliver for the business because you're focusing on those customer and business goals, and um, it will help you deliver focus. So I think the last thing also is just figure out ways that you can continue to engage and get your teams together in whether it be regular uh, meeting rhythms, um, uh, team building outside of work, having that respect, trust, and focus on the common goals will allow your teams to continue to work together. And I think the last thing that I would highlight is just this idea of executive sponsorship. Without your leadership supporting both you as a CMO and um, you as a CIO um, on both 30 sides seconds. Of the table, Judy. then that's something that is going to be critical for you to, to, um, to have. And if you don't have that, it's going to be very hard to deliver the objectives. So engaging your executive sponsor early and often be critical to your success. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, Judy, for sharing your thoughts uh, about how organizations can have their respective marketing and IT camps work together. 
and have the CMOs and CIO need each other and not more than need, want each other to be able to work together. Thank you so much again. Thank you. And listeners, hope you enjoyed, understood how CMOs and CIOs can work best together. Please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and join our um, group on LinkedIn. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CIO Talk Network. This is Sanjok, all your talk show hosts. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.